This is the Swishwire Podcast. Yo, what's up, everybody? Uh, welcome back to the Swishwire Podcast. Uh, this week, we got on someone very, very special. Uh, he's one of the best shooters in the world. He's uh, hooped it up at the Miami Pro League against so many NBA players like uh, Michael Beasley, James Harden, so many more, just straight hoopers. He's currently killing it in Columbia, had a great college career at Montclair State University. Uh, give it up for uh, Danny Ramis. Hey, thank you guys for having me on. I appreciate all of you. Yeah, so uh, me and the boys, I uh, got Justin and Eon on the pod today. So y'all want to follow us up. What's up? I'm good. How are you? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me on, man. Anytime. So I, I heard you guys got, uh, got some questions for me. We had like some fans like uh, drop in some questions uh, also. Uh, mm-hmm. So let's get started, man. I'm ready. Yes, sir. Justin, you want to start off? Yeah. So we watched your Who Am I video and in the opening clip, it shows a quote from the legendary Kobe Bryant, which says, the topic of leadership is a touchy one. A lot of leaders fail because they don't have the bravery to touch that nerve or strike that chord. Throughout my years, I haven't had that fear. What does that What does that quote mean to you? Well, to me, it goes a little bit about like the that Mamba mentality. Like no matter what type of adversity comes to you, you gotta always just conquer and persevere through that. Just do the best you can, you know, to the best of your ability. Everyone has those roadblocks like throughout their life. Like for me, I've had injuries, I've had knickknack injuries, I've had major injuries, and Everything that every single barrier that we face every, on a daily, we just got to find a way how to mentally get through it, physically get through it, and try to get that one percent better each and every single day. Mm-hmm. Let me bad. ask this: So, let's say in a game you're down by three, and you're shooting O of eighteen that game, with three seconds left, do you take the shot? Still taking that shot. <laughs> Mama that, mentality. That's, that's what Kobe would do, man. It's a mama mentality. I'm still. And, and I know, like, the teammates around me would have that same type of trust in me to make that last shot because I've been in that position before that you've just said where it's I've gone over over eight from the three and and last seconds there we're looking for a three to tie it up or, or go up one. And and we've we've swung it to me. Coach draws up a play for me and I've 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 nailed a couple, missed a couple, but. It's a trial and error thing, you know. You got to have that confidence to still take those shots at the end of the game. Have that confidence in yourself too. You, feel, you know, you're like feel that, that uh, pressure when you put it in that situation where games on the line. You got to make the shot. Yeah. You know, you're like that. You know, you know, you're one of the best shooters in the entire world. No matter what your percentages are looking like, you'll take it. And as you said, the Malmo mentality. You got to push through everything. You got to work hard, like Kobe did. And in that quote, it also talked about leadership. How much pride do you take in being a leader? I take I take a lot of pride in being a leader. Uh, I held I held my teammates to a certain standard when we're on the floor. That no matter what you're going through, no matter if you just got a turnover, two turnovers in a row, hey, next play mentality. We got to keep the ball rolling. We got to keep the whole team moving. We got to keep everything else rolling. And even outside of the floor, like I'll try to have that that leadership aspect where if I see someone kind of uh, going off the path of where we want the team to go. You know, because a lot of teams have egos involved as well. And it's just part of the game. But it's all a collective group effort. And so I pride myself on being on teams that we don't really lose. We we go to championships and we compete. So I, I have always been 
that type of person that if I see someone uh, kind of desviando, like in a, in a Spanish term, desviando means like uh, going like their own way a little bit, remind them, hey, this is where our team goal is. This is where we want to go. Everyone has their personal goals, but we all have to have that little bit of sacrifice and what we do into the team goal. So that's that's pretty much that my mentality I have on that. I pre that was a great question, by the way. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right. So, aside from Kobe, is there like an NBA player or a basketball player in general you idolize that you maybe model your game after? So I, I grew up in my. I was born in New Jersey, in Elizabeth, New Jersey, but I grew up in Miami. So Dwayne Wade, of course. Yeah. Okay, that's just fair. Respect. And it's actually kind of funny since he's not that great of a three-point shooter. Was really known for that. No, he was actually a, a great slasher, great just all-around all scorer in general, Slash, and a winner. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I love, I love the mentality he he goes into every single game. I mean, even in his later season, that amazing shot against the Warriors to beat yep. them. He was a blooded shooter or not. I remember against the Hornets in like 2016, like he only hit like eight threes the whole game, like the whole year. And then he hits like three to close them out. And then, you know, that's just his mentality, just like Kobe, you know? Flash Flash was never afraid of the moment. Never, never. And I, and growing up, I kind of like idolized him in a way where I would try to, I see a move he does on, on, on Nowitzki. And I'm like, okay, I love that move. I'm going to go try out there go out there and try to do it, you know, and try to just learn, pick little things from everybody's game that I like the most and try to just com- have a complete type of game. Mm-hmm. To have, like, to, like, take his shiftiness kind of and, like, you know, speed, ability to uh, get past bigger and stronger players, that's something that, like, um, that, like, you were able to put into your game and it's been successful for you. Well, I, I'm more of a shooter, but but when I do get in the lane, I do, and I like yeah. to create mm-hmm. others because I, I've I've taken things, uh, I've taken kind of like the way a Curry and and Chris Paul would see the game. They would, you know, kind of drive, kick, have have the best shot for the team for that possession. So it's not when I'm on the floor, it's not always about a me. Like I'm always in attack mode, but I'm always not looking to get myself better. But if I can make the people around me better too, we got a really good chance at winning basketball games. Have you always been a creator or did you like develop that later into your career? I've kind of always had like a little knack for it uh, all throughout. Like I used to be very tall as a child, so uh, they would put me at center, but I would still be playing guard. And, and around when high school hit, I just saw everyone else keep growing and I just stayed around the same height. I only grew about like two or three more inches. So I had to kind of reinvent my game a bit and just every single day, you know, Challenges arise. Just got to know how to how to deal with them and how to persevere through them. So you said that you like to take fragments of people's games and put yeah. it into your own. But is there one player you'd say you compare most to? Mm. I like to say JJ Redick because okay. he's a great shooter. He loves to create for his teammates. He he can finish at the rim. He has a pull up jumper, and of course. Of course, like he's one of the better three-point shooters in every single team he's on, if not the best shooter on every single team he's on. Yeah, and I, I kind of that. model my my team game after that. JJ Redick is definitely like he's labeled as a three-point shooter, but if you actually watch him, you know he does like anything on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, dude, Danny, yeah. when I when I watch your game, I see a lot of Seth Curry. You know, I was gonna say that. That's yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that's perfect. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, got, got that. Yeah, it's like that shooting guard that still has the point guard mindset. That's true. So yeah, now that you mentioned that, I've 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 ran a little bit of the one in my pro career. They've kind of saw that that I, I'm able to handle the team and set everyone got everyone up, have the whole system running for 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 what the team wants and take it on every possession. So I've transitioned a little bit to the one because all throughout my college career I played the two. And yeah, so, just like, uh, sorry, my bad. Okay. One thing um, you, Seth, and JJ Redick all have in common besides shooting is your height. You're a 6'2", 190-pound dude. How do you overcome the size and disadvantage? Uh, just heart. I hustle out on the floor. I, I do the little things. I, I dive on the floor. I go box the bigger guy out. I, I see things ahead of time, you know, try to have my IQ really play a big role and how I play. And it's a a daily process with that, you know. You get better every single day. You learn new things. You learn your your sweet spots on the court. You create your new sweet spots on the court. And it's a daily process that I enjoy doing. I love it. Hard over height. You know, you got to have that hustle, which you obviously have, you know, do all the little things, grab loose balls, box out bigger guys, and that's exactly what you have. Mm. Yeah. Uh, But – Segwaying into another topic, you graduated in business administration with a major in sports marketing and events at Montclair University. How were you able yeah. to balance this with your basketball career? So right off the bat, like right after I graduated, I kind of had to play a role of an agent for myself, you know, market myself to other teams and and get my film out to other 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 coaches, have my resumes go out, try to find agents for myself to represent me. But most of the work, uh, with the help of one other person, I got to to play in Colombia. I got the opportunity to present myself to the team uh, for their preseason. I came to the preseason, killed it. They loved me, and the rest was history. Took the team to the championship, and the second year also helped the team to get to the championship. So I'm excited to see what's in store for the third year. And then a couple years back, you played in the Miami Pro League with some yeah. stars like James Harden, John Wall, Victor Oladipo, and Bam Adebayo. Yeah, it was yeah, it was definitely a great experience, like being on the on the floor while they were there as well. It was great. Uh, I did not play as much against them, where yeah. I would I would play more against uh, other players like Michael Beasley, you know, Amari Stoudemire, other Mario Chalmers, uh, just to name a few other NBA guys. Uh, out in out in a gym called Fast Switch, well now formerly known as Athletics now, but uh, we get in there, you know, we'll put in some work. We got around the same trainers, uh, get in there at the same time, go have some hoop sessions, and it's really really good to be around those type of players because you want to be with people that are better than you so you can level up as well. So when you played, did you have a different mindset, or was it just these are just my opponents? I'm gonna go all in. I would- I would kind of just play just freely, you know, and and they would they would you know give me the confidence, you know, they know I'm a shooter, so I would set myself in, up in situations where everyone benefits from it. You know, Michael Beasley's a great scorer, you know, so if, if I'm on the floor with him, just a just an example, you know, if I'm on the floor with him, you know, I'm looking to lob him the ball damn near every time I can because he could go catch him. You know, sure. set everyone else up in scoring options and kind of transform my game from more of a two to a one because of my height, because of uh, the little the little tangible things that, that I do miss, I need to make up in another way. 
Yeah, you don't want to just, you know, you have more eyes on you going against NBA players. You don't want to just, you know, chuck up shots and try and show like yeah. you're this amazing scorer. You just want to be that team player because that's what coaches like. Exactly. I feel like that's one thing you... I've learned. You want to learn how to, you want to be very adaptable and how do you fit into systems. I feel like once you start cooking, though, you're basically playing with house money. You couldn't really have a, a worry in the world on court, though. That's true. I, uh, <laughs> I, when I when I hit the second one in a row, I already know it's going to be a good day. <laughs> and you were talking about adapting to other situations, like um, because you're so you're such a good shooter, like you could adapt to pretty much anything. You know, you're a good playmaker, you're a hustler, you know, you're a good leader. You could adapt to any situation possible, which is like a trait that any coach wants to have. Yeah, that, that's very true. Thank you. All right, so you've obviously labeled yourself as a shooter. You're an amazing shooter. But what would you say is the most underrated aspect of your game? My most underrated aspect? Yeah. Uh, I don't want to say my playmaking, my playmaking ability. Because uh, my teammates, the teammates that I do play with all throughout my high school, college, and, and pro career, they all know I could create and get in the paint, finish, and look for other people too. So I would say my playmaking and my ball handling now because it has gotten better throughout the years so on the court would you rather look for a shot or look for setting someone up whatever comes first well i'm <laughs> i'm always looking to score i'm always in attack mode but if a other play develops out of it hey so be it i'm never i'm never tentative to try to swing the ball to one of my teammates hey that's the mind of a winning player yeah mm -hmm. exactly you're not you're not there to stop that you're out there to win yep exactly all right. So, anyways, uh, we're gonna we're gonna segue into our training segment, where this is uh, where you're gonna give advice to uh, aspiring players who are listening to the show, trying to add more to their bag. So, my first training question for you is that not only are you a lethal shooter from behind the arc, but you also have an elite ability to put the ball on the floor and create for yourself. What do you do to perfect this aspect of your game? Uh, I'll work on, honestly, I would, I would envision somebody in front of me and just like I would sit there shooting spot of shots, I would sit there doing game reps. So I'll go between the legs, between the legs, as hard as I can, as hard as I can, every single rep matters. So you want to make them as game like as possible. I'm a firm believer in if you're putting up 50 game reps, it's better than 500 lazy shots. You know, I would I would rather make the most out of my time and have every single rep count because it will translate better to the game. Yeah, you know, a lot of, a lot of kids just be out there in their driveway just chucking shots instead of actually practicing what they're going to do in the game. Yeah. So when I do train people, because I, I do train people on the side now too, while I, uh, before and after I do some of my workouts, I uh, – I always try to instill that same that same mantra. Every single rep counts. So if you if you want to go lazily on one rep, you know, try to make up for it by by hustling back, you know, getting getting up the floor and, and getting straight into that next one, have that next play mentality. Hey, maybe not every single rep you're gonna go as hard as a, as a, the one before, but you need to still make it in a way where you're covering ground and finding yourself open, getting to good spots on the floor. Little things like that. Positioning. It's a game of angles. It's a game of angles. 
It's some that's some great advice. Hope everyone who's uh, listening in definitely takes that to heart. So, uh, my second question for you to end our training segment is: uh, During COVID restrictions, what did you do to level up your game, and how can people who are listening to this apply that to their own training? So during COVID, I've I've had a kind of I don't want to say completely revamp the way I train, but I have had to like change it up a bit because I would still find a court, you know, to me, if I go to an outdoor court, I can still do ball handling, some form shooting. I could get some touches around the basket, you know, but it's not the same as getting inside of the gym, you know, because one, I was dealing with injuries uh, throughout my legs. I had a compartment syndrome and not a lot of people do know that, but I had to play through it. Uh, these past two seasons, I did play overseas. So, it was just basically just a lot of pressure and overuse in that that was going on through all my legs, which caused a lot of inflammation and pressure in the compartments of the legs. So I've had to take a lot of rest, value rest, one of them that I've had to do Two, make every single rep count. And that's why I always like preach upon that, because every single rep does count, even when you train. If you if you're if you're taking lazy reps, you know, you're going to get used to that. And it's all about habits that you create. So I will do, go do that. And I will go do my physical therapies uh, over here at UM, which is where I'm currently at right now. I just actually got out of one of the physical therapy sessions right now. That's why I'm in my car. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's kind of had to give me a different perspective of how effective I got to train and throughout my day, how I want to schedule my day out. And speaking of injuries, you've had uh, a lot of injuries. 2015-2016, uh, you only played one game before a season-ending injury. What was it like overcoming it, it, that? It was really just on the sideline. Yeah. <laughs> I was well, I was registered that year. But, like, you were still injured, you know, and you've had a lot of injuries. So what was it like coming back from those injuries just in general and making yourself a better player? How did you do that? Uh honestly as soon as a negative thought passes my mind i try to take my mind off of it and just keep moving on because i know the same the same type of time that i'm going to be spending thinking about the negativity or what bad could happen to my to my my body at that point i know that i could convert my energy into the opposite way so i got to look at the positive things in every dark situation so i would always keep that in mind and try to just push forward every single day and having that the daily process, you know, I'm feeling better the one day, the second day I'm feeling a lot better. And the third day I'm feeling more sore because I, I went hard those first two days, then I got to take it back a little bit. And that's one thing that I value now is, is rest too. Still mm -hmm. go hard, but value your rest as well. That's, you see a lot of players, amazing. like you see a lot of players on every level, high school, college, professional, they don't really take rest into that, you know, like how you do they don't make it as important it's just train 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 and a lot of them get injured and you know you Honestly, need to that's rest. how it used to be that's mm -hmm. how i used to be too and it wasn't until i was forced to it with the mm -hmm. with the whole pandemic and because of the compartment syndrome that i was dealing with mm -hmm. that's a blessing in disguise because then you got that whole time to rest and you were still able to yeah. um you're still able to level up your game during the pandemic amen. so amen to that all right, so uh, now we're going to transition into answering some fan questions. So I hope you're ready, Danny. I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> All right, so uh, first one in from Kevin O'Brien. 
So Kevin's asking, so Kevin says, being a hooper from Miami, it isn't easy to make it. What about your game separates you from others? Honestly, my shooting. I think it's that that that, that one's kind of obvious. It's obviously my shooting, that's what's took me this far. It's all about creating around the other assets of my game from that. And also, can you just like um, take us into your shooting routine? Because you're such a good shooter. So I'm sure people want to hear that. Uh, so I try to I try to sh- take every single day uh, differently. So one day I would I would work I would work on spot of shooting. The next day I would work on shooting off the dribble. The next day I would work on stepping through, backing up, swinging the ball, running to another spot on the floor, and shooting from there. So it's it's different types of shooting. You I want to be comfortable shooting at any type of angle that I get the ball. And obviously, if it's a good shot for the team, and I'm always thinking about that because basketball is a team sport, of course. Is there any specific cold spot from behind the arc that you had to work on becoming like better from, or were you just an amazing shooter every spot everywhere? Uh, deep forty-five angle threes. Ain't <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no, ain't nobody practice those. <laughs> Unless you Steph Curry or Dame Lillard. No, unless unless you're Dame Ramis. Yeah, those were those were tough. But um, I I've taken every single day, kind of taking it like with open with an open mind. So I would I would say, okay, maybe this is the same shot I'm shooting. Why is it like? Why would I change my form or do anything different from what I did from the shot before? Shooting is all repetition. And it's all just the same shot over and over and over again. You know, that actually goes against some advice that I've heard from some coaches because some shooting yeah. coaches say that it's good to have a shot form coming off the dribble and a shot form yeah. spotting up. What, what do you think about well, that? Well, yeah, it's, it's going to deviate a little bit because you're coming off the dribble. A lot, of, a lot plays into that, where you put the ball on the floor before you go up into your shot. You know, if you push the ball hard enough off the floor, do you get into your shooting pocket? Little things like that is gonna is gonna alter your shot. But at the end, when you get the ball over here at your at your at the ninety degree angle, right above your eyes, you want to have that same form every single time. Doesn't matter what you do before, as long as you end up here. If you end up here, and you're in your comfortable shooting angle, you're gonna keep it the same. And the that's, definitely, that's definitely something Duncan Robinson does throughout the Duncan playoffs. Robinson does a great job at that. If is, you notice, that Curry does that too, though. Yeah. Steph Curry, there's a lot of great shooters in the NBA that, that do do that. And and I try to take away from that, too. I try to learn from them. I also want to ask quickly, um, I see a lot of great shooters like Chris Middleton, Davis Bertans. They use their legs yeah. to their advantage when they shoot. Like, they'll start out in, um, they'll start out with their legs close and they'll end in a wide stance. Do you, do you, do you use your legs to your advantage when you shoot? Uh, I do. I do, but throughout the as the game goes on, and you do get to that fourth quarter, you would want to use uh, maybe release a, like a slight slightly bit earlier because your legs do wear out throughout the whole course of a game, and so maybe you don't have that enough power throughout the game to uh, get the shot up and over. So maybe releasing a little bit earlier does help with that. All right, so Danny. Second question coming in from uh, Louis Varela on Instagram. His question for you 
is how do you stay focused on your goal with this outside noise of this modern age of social media? Man, I, I try to, I try, it's kind of inevitable to get away from it, honestly, <laughs> but it's all about how you take it in. At least that's how I, that's how I interpret it. Uh, I try to just stay focused on my goal because I know that I always keep the bigger picture ahead and I always keep my why in front of me every single morning that I wake up. So I wake up knowing that I love what I do. So why would I deviate from that because of what else is happening outside of that's out of my control? So that's how I attack upon that. So I guess another related question coming from another fan question from uh, Anthony Verdego. His question is to be great. Do you have to suffer? Uh, yeah, you not suffer. You got to go through some adversity though. Yeah, no pain, that, no gain. That, I really not like that. Necessarily a no pain, no gain, but adversity does breed experience. And, and the way people perceive things and think about situations. I love that words. quote. Adversity breeds experience. Yeah, That's, those are some wise words. Thanks. <laughs> That's that Jimmy Butler motto. Mm-hmm. That mentality. Yeah, I guess uh, Anthony actually sent in two more questions. Another one sort of backpacks right off of that. Is, uh, Send them through. Yeah, his question is, do you train your mind to not quit? Uh, if it's overbearing, like step away and then come back to it later. But to, to quit, it, it really depends how much, how bad do you want it? All right, so third how question. Bad you want and how, how consistent you are on a daily basis. All right, so a third question coming in from Anthony is uh, how do you control your emotions on and off the court? Mm, uh, well, I'm, I'm, I've always been one where where I would stay quiet and, and like if someone is talking trash to me, like I would just stay quiet on the floor and I would just like let it fuel me inside. So I would just keep on going like bucket after bucket after bucket and that's where I started to get streaky. And then it gets dangerous for him. <laughs> actions but, speak well. Actions speak. Actions speak louder than words. Yep, yep. So I would try to perceive it like that. And off the floor, you know, I try not to let it bother me. You know. I know that sometimes some hoopers, when they get trash talked, they get like flustered up, and then they'll start making they yeah. start making rash decisions on the court. How do you like combat that? <laughs> I'll start smiling and then just play freely. <laughs> you got you can't you can't get rent free in a man who's smiling at you, you know? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> like uh, if I hit the third three in your face and now I'm coming back with a smile on your face, there's nothing you can do about that. <laughs> that that get me more mad, honestly, bro. Yeah. Imagine I'm like putting, I'm putting all my I'm putting all my energy into getting you pissed <laughs> off and you out here laughing at me, man. <laughs> Yeah, I learned I learned that from Curry. I used to I used to like try to combat that and like trash talk back, but honestly, it didn't work for me. Like smiling and having fun with the game because essentially it's a game. I'm having fun with it, and I love what I do there. So 
that's how that's how I take that. Like when people come trash talk to me during the game. Yep. <laughs> I'm not saying a word. Just know you're about to have 20 by the end of the night. <laughs> hey, man, on the scoreboard, head. Scoreboard 20 on does his all head. the talking. <laughs> all right. So what about passive aggressive small talk where you're like, wow, you're a really good defender. I kind of got you there, but like you're an amazing defender. Bro, that's something you would do in your rec leagues. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, I always, I, I always respect my opponent too because yeah. – you have your good days, you have your bad days, you know. But, uh, yeah, I, I just – I enjoy what I do, and I love playing the game itself, man. All right, so uh, next question coming in on Instagram from Louis Mendez. Uh, his question for you is, who was the toughest point guard you had to face in high school and or college? Dang, in high school – Toughest point guard, I would say either BJ Glassford from Coral Reef or or mm, uh, Casey Hill. That's that was in a summer league. I don't know if summer leagues count. And call you said college or pros? Yeah, both. Well, pros, Adris uh, de Leon. Uh, that guy is tough. Uh, he, his game for me. He, he's a pass first point guard that has a burner. He could shoot. He could shoot the ball like crazy, just as well as I could. But he knows how to move the ball around his team like so perfectly. So I try to take that a little bit from his game too, just this past season. And... Have you ever played? My bad. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Have you ever played with him, like in a pickup game or anything? Because no, you guys have not played with him. I've, I've only you guys, played against. Him. You guys would fit perfectly together if that's like pass first. Yeah. You know. So like he's Steve Nash esque. I would love to play with a player like that. I like I like point guards who move the ball throughout the team because they always look for the shooter first. <laughs> and in college, uh. I played a lot of good people throughout my college career, so there's not one specifically that like points out to me. But there's a couple great players like Willow Willow Cruz. I've played with him and against him. Uh, he's a Puerto Rican guy. He plays for uh, Ponce Leones right now in the BSN league. And there's a few others uh, from uh, JUCOs and when I played at Montclair as well. Uh, Eric Murdoch from uh, TCNJ was pretty good. You know, he was hard to stop. Uh, off the top of my mind, I can't think of anybody else. I mean, playing so many places, going so many places, you're like bound to come across all that talent, you know? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Basketball has taken me a lot of places throughout this world, and I appreciate the game just as much for doing that. How but, many states yeah. have you – my bad. No, no, how no many, go ahead. How many states have you been in? I saw on the video you said – 52 you have eight left have you been in more since then uh no nah, i'm still at eight i'm still at uh. eight hopefully hopefully when i go to see my brother up in oregon i would get to mm -hmm. travel throughout the whole midwest all that mm -hmm. but tennessee was your favorite right <laughs> jersey jersey no nah, no nah, pennsylvania's favorite you gotta you gotta keep jersey in your heart you you were born there 
I don't Jersey's know. He, he does part. have Shane Cordova, so he Tennessee has like a deep place for him, right? Because if he doesn't, yeah. have Tennessee, uh, he's got a bunch of family there, of course. Justin, that, that's one of the places I go back to visit a lot, very frequently. And same thing with New Jersey. Mm-hmm. I got my sister from Jersey. Justin, man, you're not gonna tell me if you born in a <laughs> trash can, you gonna come back to that trash can, Justin. <laughs> if my family there, I'm gonna get them out. Yes, <laughs> I get them out the mud. <laughs> I do. I mean, I have family in Cuba right now. They, it's it's very very tough situation in Cuba because they're communist and mm. and it's just tough to even get meals on their on their on their plate. So. We try to we try to help them out as much as we can, but we're trying to get them out over here too. So I do deal with that as well. All right, next question coming up from Josiah Cook. His question for you is, who's the best shooter in the NBA today? I mean, I feel like this is a pretty easy question, but we want to hear your take on it, I guess. Right now? Right now or, or throughout this decade? Right now. Kevin Durant. Over Curry, well, Kevin Durant, he has a higher percentage right now. Yeah, it's true, but I mean, Steph is just this I overall. Mean, Steph is taking it. Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, KD can just pull up in anyone's mitt, just splash it. So he does. He does have a decent case. Seven and foot. Seven and his orthodox jumper is like so hard to stop. Yeah, not not even LeBron could stop that, honestly. Yeah, I mean, we seven foot. Talking. We just talking about overall shooting. It's not just about three-point shooting. Stephen Curry. His, I mean, Stephen his Curry. mid-range is killer. Yep. That's true. Like That's true. Most... Is killer. But yeah. it is better than that. Curry could pull from anywhere. Anywhere. And it's a it's a for-sure shot. Have you ever played against someone that's like Kevin Durant that's, like, really tall but has all that skill and can shoot from anywhere? Oh, yeah. I ha- I had somebody like that as a teammate just now when I was out in Colombia, Rafael Putney. Putney. He's uh, he's another very tall. He played in the G League for the for the Sioux, Sioux, Sioux Falls Sky Force. And, and he's another tall guard where he could shoot, drive in. He has a lot of bounce. He gets his head to the rim. But he, he can shoot from 3-2. He shoots right over people. So I, I love playing with people like that. They're easy to play with, you know. Fun to play with, too. Fun, very fun to play with them, yeah. It's unfair, man. <laughs> We've got one in here that could do that. <laughs> right here, man. Yeah, right there. <laughs> All right, anyways, uh, our final fan question comes in from Boston Biased. And his question for you is, if you had one day to coach him, what adjustments would you make to Jarrett Culver's jump shot? <laughs> Jared Culver's Jared Culver Minnesota Timberwolves. Timberwolves. He's uh, not shooting very well. He's like fifty percent from the free throw line, twenty percent. Seen him play some college. If I pull up his shooting stats right now, twenty-two percent from three and fifty-two percent from free throw. I ha I haven't seen him since college, but his form did look pretty good. If anything, I would say maybe release a little bit earlier or use a little bit more legs, strengthen up the legs because the NBA line does go a little bit more further back. And when I transitioned from uh, college to to I first went semi-pro, uh, we used the NBA line. And and what I had to do was use more leg power. I would get in the weight room, try to try to work on my legs a lot more. 
and just release a little bit earlier if I'm feeling fatigued uh, toward the end of the game. One thing I notice he does, much like the Grizzlies, Brandon Clark, is he has like multiple jumpers he tries to use, and he just his elbow placement is so poor. I don't, yeah. I don't think you can ever be a good shooter if you don't have good elbow placement. Yeah, that that plays a very big role into shooting. That's what I was talking about when when you're coming off the dribble, you're gonna always have the elbow placement here. Yeah, this always needs to be very consistent in every shot you take. Anyways, that's all we have lined up for you today. Uh, just really want to say thank you, uh, Danny, for coming on the pod for this interview today. Uh, definitely a great no, add on here. Guys, man. thank you guys, Ian. Thank you, thank you. And You're you, really inspiring, yeah, positive dude. You drop so much good yeah, shooting knowledge and whatnot. So hope yeah. everyone who's listening to this can take this to heart, add it to their own routines and whatnot. I just hope that anybody who does listen to this does take at least one thing away from what I've said, uh, from all the experience I've had. Uh, I started off from freshman team of my high school team being one of the last picks, and I've gone all the way to the pros. So I've seen every level in that aspect from high school to college to, to pros. So if somebody takes something away, learns something here, I would be very happy to hear that. So reach out if you do. If you like anything, and reach out to my guys right here, Ian, too. Swishwire. Okay. <laughs> Yo, so y'all need y'all need the plug for Danny. You can find his Instagram at DRamus1K if you're trying to follow his journey through the pros. So uh, thank you. Coming up soon. Third season's coming up soon. Yes, yeah, sir. Can't, can't wait to watch you. We will be watching your career with great interest. My guys, season, yeah. guys, I appreciate you. Ian, I'm going to be on the lookout for you guys, too. Yes, sir. <laughs> Coming back to win win states this year. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. How are you guys doing, by the way, uh, with, with the whole COVID rules? Uh, down here, they've been canceling a couple of high school games. I don't, I don't know how, they, how they're handling the situation up there. Yeah, we, we got to wear masks in all games. Uh, they've been canceling some games. But, yeah, hooping with a mask is the toughest, toughest thing I've ever done. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I've I've had a, I've had a few runs with those too. <laughs> that is pretty tough, but hey, man, persevere. I know you guys got that grit. Go get states this year. Thank you, thank you. So, uh, you can find us. Um, you can find us on our Instagram at Swishwire, and we'll be getting this out on Spotify, YouTube, and whatever platform you listen to for your podcast. Hopefully, sometime next week. So, we'll see y'all in the next pod. Peace out, right, guys. Appreciate you. Have a great day. God bless.